Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. Let light shine out of the darkness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. So there's a story about a very famous preacher whose sermons were great, but no one ever knew that in fact all of his sermons had been written by someone else, a lowly staff assistant in his office. It turns out this preacher was not particularly kind to this assistant, this ghostwriter. You know where the story's going already, don't you? Yes, the patience of this hardworking and invisible assistant finally ran out. So on that really big Sunday morning, the so-called famous preacher was speaking to hundreds and hundreds of raptured, expectant listeners. And at the bottom of page two, he read these very stirring words. And this now takes us to the very heart of the book of Habakkuk, which is, and he turned the paper to page three. Page three, which was completely and totally empty except for five very specific words. You're on your own now. (laughs) Yikes, you're on your own now. I think we can all agree that that preacher probably deserved what he got, of course, just like we enjoy seeing those people who speed by us at the intersection later pulled over on the side of the road. But if we ponder for just a moment, really, if we think about it, can't we all remember... Can't we all recognize moments in our lives where, rightly or not, we suddenly felt very much on our own? Elisha was a young man. He was just a kid, really. And that older prophet Elijah had been much more than a mentor to him. He'd been a close friend, even a father figure. So placing aside all the spectacular moments of Elijah's departure his epic ascension with fire and chariots and noise and thunder. Let's remember that at the heart of our Old Testament lesson today, this wise and valuable man who had been most instrumental in young Elisha's life left. Don't you know that Elisha, among the constellation of emotions he must have felt that day, would most certainly have felt that he was all on his own now? Here's some good news, though. We know something that Elisha didn't yet know, that as parishioner Susan Ingle writes so eloquently in the commentary before our reading today, God's work in the world would continue through Elisha. For the past six weeks since the Epiphany, we've been taking a pretty serious look at the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, a deep dive Today, however, we've skipped eight chapters. We're in chapter nine, and all of a sudden, a lot has happened. As a church community, we're now in a moment of transition because today is the last Sunday after the Epiphany, which can only mean that Ash Wednesday is just about here, that our season of Lent has just about arrived. So our lectionary writers have been kind of intentional here, creating a day of scripture in which some ways culminates the season of Epiphany, in some ways introduces us to the season of Lent, and in some ways teases us just a bit toward 
Easter Sunday. This is my third sermon on the transfiguration in this pulpit since Jennifer and I and our family arrived in 2021, and I know that you know the story pretty well. That Jesus takes his disciples up on that mountain, and after a period of revelation, transformation, and, and yes, even transfiguration, they come back down again. We know that Jesus could have stayed up there, that perhaps he should have stayed up there. After all this transfigured state of Jesus Christ, fully human, fully divine, attended by Moses and Elijah and those three disciples, was much closer to the state of glory that he deserved on earth than we know what is coming for him. Down the pike. Down indeed. Because Jesus does come back down down into the, the mundane nature of everyday life, down into the nitty-gritty details of misunderstandings and squabblings and disbelieving disciples. He comes back down into the exhausting religious and cultural divisions of the day. He comes down into those jealousies and those rivalries, both petty and gigantic, that destroy relationships. He comes down into the poverty and the pain, which we know are just a part of our broken world. Jesus came down. Why is this important? Well, I think at least for two reasons. First, because doesn't that really get to the heart of our gospel? Mark's, and truth be told, that of the whole New Testament? Maybe you remember these words from the Apostle Paul in Philippians, that though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. Jesus' downward movement from his rightful place of glory to embrace us, our lot, our life, out of love, is, in a real sense, the good news. Think about these same words that we say every single week. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. What an incredible thing to say. Second, and just as importantly, I think, I have a hunch that deep down most of us know that Jesus is, well, too good for us. Although we think that our job is to try our darndest to become more like Jesus, and that's a good impulse on one level, at another, it might prevent us from being honest with ourselves. Because no matter how hard we try to be like Jesus, that is, to be perfect, we fall short, sometimes dreadfully short, which might lead us to believe that, like Elijah, we are really, we are most often, on our own now. We might feel like those, those broken parts of our lives, that those are the things that are keeping us from being like Jesus. Those are the things that we would want to keep farthest away from him. Maybe then that although two of our readings today are about going up, Today really isn't a day about our going up. It's really a culminating epiphany message of Jesus coming down. Down into our world in that manger, yes, but also down into our brokenness and our fear and our disappointment and our loss. That place where we feel most poignantly and painfully and deeply that we're on our own. Far too soon, we know in this season of Lent, we will watch our Lord travel to the cross, 
taking on all that is hard, all that is difficult, all that is even despicable in our lives in order to grab the ultimate win from death itself so that we might live in hope, knowing that wherever we may go, Christ has already been. And where Christ is right now, there one day we're going to be. So here's an opportunity then for all of us in this season of Lent to consider what is dark, what is fearful in our lives, when we feel the most on our own, and then to assure ourselves, and then to assure each other that Jesus is already there, not afraid of what is difficult in our lives, will not reject us on account of our failings. Jesus coming down reminds us that we don't have to hide the hard parts of our lives from the God we know in Jesus. So, if we trust the the mercy of the one who came down the mountain, the one who enters the dark places of the world and still seeks out the dark parts of our lives, maybe we can be honest enough in this season to claim what is broken or hurting in our lives and fear it just a little less. After all, for no other reason was Jesus born and lived and died and was raised again except that we might know that God is unrelentingly loving us and with us. And we're not on our own. In just a minute, we get to gather with Davy Elizabeth and Camila Aparacida and Emily McNabb. We don't know what the whole future is like for these precious little girls. We know that in this moment, they don't know everything at all, but they do know this. They're not alone, and they're loved. We make our own promises to God today on their behalf, and even if we come up short at times, they'll still never be alone. They'll still never be on their own. Because today we hear that God's work in the world would continue through Elisha, and for that we give thanks. And then we pray together that God's work in the world might also continue through us, through you, through me, or not on our own. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>